This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pensez que c'est ton This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's week zero, and One Night Stand is back. Season five for our 2022 UCF football season preview. Back after a seven-month hiatus on today's show, we've got a lot to cover We're going to talk about some breaking quarterback news. We're going to break down the entire schedule for 2022, talk about the offense, the defense. We've got Brandon Helwig of UCFsports.com joining us to go over all the news from fall camp, and we've got some bold predictions for the season as well, and catching up on all kinds of other stuff, some transfer news, new jerseys, and also just what we've been doing in the last seven months, so... I'm here with Money Moo UCF takes the field in a few short days to kick off the 2022 college football season and the second year for head coach Gus Malzahn. The Knights went nine and four last year, despite losing quarterback Dylan Gabriel early on in the season, but ended up being Gasparilla Bowl champions and defeating the rival Florida Gators. Can the Knights final season in the American Conference be a special one? The quest for 12 and 0 starts now. All right, feels tingle, good to be. <laughs> feels feels good to be back, man. It's been are a, you ready? I don't. Let's man. go. So as we're recording this Sunday night, it is uh, eleven days until the kickoff. When you're listening to this, it'll be ten or less, which is insane. After every bowl game every year, I'm like, oh, it feels like forever. You know, April rolls around, spring game, and then it's just like football season so far away. And then next thing you know. Here we are with the season preview. So thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. But first, uh, you know, let's let's go over the seven months we've been gone. What what have you been up to, Moo? Not a whole lot, really. Uh, <laughs> well, Sick. No, I'm just kidding. You know, we talked about this earlier. and This really is a football-first podcast. There's a lot of other UCF podcasts out there, but this is the strictly UCF football podcast now we do get into basketball and some of the other sports if they're uh, good every now and then but yeah <laughs> what I are mean, we basically what, what are we gonna guy, do have a show and be like oh yeah you know basketball team sucks like what are we gonna talk the about the god's so. honest truth there wasn't too much going on with basketball and then you know the summer super busy we were both very busy with work and uh yeah and you you know new father we, we wanted to you know there, there's no filler it's like a crab cake you know we're like all meat no cracker all right, I like that. If that well, makes any sense. Well, well, well lemon <laughs> not juice. Not a lot of filler in the off season. I don't like filler. Yeah, I mean, not only that. Like, I just I've been so busy with work. It's been insane. Uh, not complaining, but you know, stuff happens, and um, we want to make sure we put out a quality show. And just not having the time to do that during you know my busy season for work, I we didn't want to do that. So uh, here we are. All right, so we're gonna start off here with the breaking news that you know had UCF Twitter and uh, going crazy today, especially J.P. Gilbert. Uh, Coach Gus Malzahn officially named 
JRP as quarterback one. He's going to be the starter. He did not mention, you know, he didn't say it's, he's the week one starter. He just said the starting quarterback uh, is going to be Plumlee. So I think that took everyone uh, by shock. Brandon's going to talk a little bit about that later, but we want to, uh, you know, we're, we want to discuss it now. So, Moo, what what were your first thoughts? I know, I think I broke it to you by sending you the tweet. Like, what was your instant reaction, and uh, you know, how, how do you feel going forward? Well, my instant reaction was I had written a ton of stuff about what was good for what was the best for the team for UCF, and of course, now we don't really have to debate because the debate's over. But anyway. Some of the things Is that it? I've written was, you know, Mikey Keene, hats off to him. He's a, gr- he's a good quarterback. Um, he came in with zero experience, just thrown right out on the field uh, as a freshman and ended up, you know, salvaging a, a decent season and, you know, becoming Gasparilla Bowl champs and beating the Gators. Like, that's that's definitely a feat that you should, you know, hang your hat on. Like, that that's it could have gone a lot worse. Let's just say that. But I feel like in the quarterback battle, like going in the last few weeks, I was like, look, we know what we were getting with Mikey Keene, right? You know, he turned the ball over a little bit, but honestly, not as much as a typical freshman quarterback would. You know, 2016, even Mackenzie Milton had some issues holding onto the ball. But the biggest thing that I took away was just by the videotape, and I put a lot into this, is that we knew what we were getting with Keene. Good quarterback. Um probably could keep us in games but not really be the definitive reason why we won a game um so i thought that with keen we could do like a nine and three or a nine and four again and that was solid what does that depend on how many games we get canceled by a hurricane (laughs) right (laughs) no i i get what you're i get what you're saying you know we're looking at upside here and it's like if all other things are equal, what which guy is the most upside? But, you know, to go back to what you said about Keen, I mean, I think Keen had a better freshman season than Milton. I just don't know that he showed the flashes that Milton did at times. It was kind of like Milton's lows were way worse than Keen, but Milton's highs were way higher. So I get what you're saying. but Exactly. And you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm calling it the Milton factor. Is like, did I see the highest of highs like I saw with Milton? And I really didn't. But on the videotape, I do see the Milton factor with JRP. Now, it is high risk, but I think it's extremely high reward. And I love that Gus has gone with him. And obviously, he's seen something in this kid, you know, JRP, to to make him the starter. But again, high risk, high reward. This team with the offense and the nasty defense that we're going to talk about later it puts me in that mode where you have to seriously consider the 12 and 0. Oh, just man. saying. I, I know we All say right, here that we are. every year. S- seven minutes in and we get the first. <laughs> um, whoever whoever had Moo to be the first person, because I, I think I would have been like a minus 300 betting on that because that's usually me. But uh, here we go. Seven minutes in, we've got the first undefeated prediction. But no, I, I totally agree. Here's another thing, though. I think we take this. Info with a grain of salt. This is Gus Malzahn. Like, if I had a dollar for every time you said he was being too cute or, like, whatever with the offense last year, I don't know, I'd probably have, like, 15 bucks. But you get the point. Um, who yeah, knows? Right. First Joey of all. Joey Gatewood is going to be out there. This is. Snap one. This is 
SC State, like it doesn't matter. He could totally, and I think this is probably what they should do is alternate these guys, give them each two quarters. You know, one guy gets like the first and third, one guy gets the second and fourth, unless maybe JRP is that much better in practice. But from talking to people that saw the scrimmage uh, like a week ago, they said Mikey looked better. So I don't know. You know, this could be smoke, could be gamesmanship. You know, I mean, really, SC State. I know we've, you know, the whole Furman thing, I'm, I'm still jaded by that, but the real game that we're looking forward to is Louisville. So there's either Dude, you two- could be right about that whole first, third, second, fourth. Thing. It'd be dumb not to give them both looks like unless, again, one of them is so much better in practice than the other and really has won the job. But from everything I'm hearing, I don't think that's the case. So I don't know. I You know. I mean, how many times last year did Gus put in Gatewood and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought I thought I was a Gatewood believer last year. I think you it was were? you. I think it was you that didn't like it. I don't know. I'm here's the thing. I trust in Gus so much. So whatever he's doing, whether it's really JRP QB one or it's some kind of smoke screen, maybe he doesn't even know and just named it just so people don't ask him. I have no idea. But Whatever Gus is doing, I trust him, and it'll just be fun to see what happens. I, I have a feeling, though, that this is not going to be the end of the quarterback discussion for whatever reason. You know, maybe they both play. Mikey does. What happens if they both play? JRP does well, like does everything he's asked to. Mikey Keene just, like, balls out at SC State. I, I just have a so feeling this what? is. I'm, I'm just saying this is not going to be the end of the quarterback discussion, and I mean that in a good way. I feel like this is going to be a theme for the rest of the season, but we'll talk to Brandon later and get some more insight into uh, into everything because you know he's he's been talking to the team throughout camp. I believe he was one of the people that said that he thought Mikey had the upper hand. I, I think this came to as as a shock to everyone, but uh, we'll talk to Brandon in a little bit about that. But first, let's go through the schedule. Our favorite tradition. Um, I think we do it almost every episode. <laughs> whether it's a Fab Five or our favorite away game, Destinations. All right, so let's look through the schedule real quick. Obviously, we've got the home opener, September 1st, Thursday versus SC State. Not much to say about that. We've played them before. Um, FCS team, right? Moo, are you uh, are you going to this one? I will not be able to attend this game. I mean, these, you know, I I like the weekday games. We get more exposure, not competing, you know, against a bunch of other games. But for people that work regular jobs, especially if you don't live in Orlando, but even if you do, it's uh it's tough. But luckily, you know, you're not you're not gonna be missing much with this one. So, uh, the real. Yeah, but last year wasn't Boise on a Thursday. I or I don't Friday. remember that game was, it was like... definitely a weekday. It was a Thursday, dude. That was like a 15-hour tailgating game with like all the delays <laughs> and stuff. That yeah. was nuts. And, the, and the, it was still packed. I just remember being wet. I feel like it's going to be packed again. Yeah, it should. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, home opener, kickoff. What are we? What What are we wearing? Are we doing the whites? We got the new jerseys this year. Have they said that? I have I, no idea. I think they said they they did the UCF fans wear. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All right. So the real first game is that next Friday night big revenge game here kind of the rubber match you know we had the game in 2013 the miraculous 21 point comeback versus Louisville then 
the Dylan Gabriel collarbone game last year. That game was nuts. And now we play them. Friday Night Lights, ESPN2. Louisville comes I here. I will be in attendance. Oh, nice. Are we driving together, or what's what's your plan? Uh, haven't decided yet. Yeah, I, I, don't I haven't know even looked at that. Go up, so. I'm still trying to like figure out the plans for the weekend before. So that'll be fun. Um, oh, that game could like make or break the season. I yeah, I think basically we... <laughs> first time Louisville coming into the bounce house. I feel like doesn't matter weekday. Like it's it's gonna be an electric atmosphere. We need it to be. Um, yeah, we need everyone there. Friday night lights. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a big one, and you know. If we can really, really stomp on them, you know, that's going to set set the precedent for the rest of the season. So I'm excited about that. All right. Then we've got our first of two, quote unquote, away games in the state of Florida the uh, next weekend at Florida Atlantic in Boca, the place that moves vowed to never attend again. <laughs> after the, and I'm sticking to it. Well, that's just because you can't go. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't go either. I'll be in New Orleans on a bachelor party uh, for the Bucks game, and we'll bookmark that because that bachelor party has a big effect on the rest of the UCF schedule. You'll see what I'm saying later. Uh, that game should be easy. Then we got two more home games. We actually play at home. We play in Florida. Out of the first seven weeks, we don't leave the state of Florida. That's pretty cool because we've got Georgia Tech and then SMU back-to-back uh, on Saturdays for weeks four and five yeah huge especially for a new starting quarterback and a little bit of a younger lineup especially on the defense um but i don't think that's gonna matter but yeah georgia tech jeff sims same quarterback as when we played them in 2020 slippery terrible slippery pretty terrible in that game he is slippery their number one running back jameer gibbs transferred out now the starter at alabama so we'll have to see. This Jeff Collins, head coach on the hot seat, big time. So it's kind of cool. Two power five teams coming into the bounce house in the same year. Never happened before. I don't know if it's ever happened to any group of five team before. I'm going to so anyway. go, go with probably, but uh, we'll get our, our stats department on that ASAP. Um, and then next, the week after that, SMU. Another revenge game. Yeah, they whipped us pretty good last year. Yeah, same quarterback again, Tanner Mordecai, Oklahoma transfer. Yeah, and and SMU, always a dangerous team. But in the bounce house, kind of tough. I don't know. We'll have to see. The schedule looked a lot easier when on paper, but talking this out. I know. (laughs) But the good good thing is, like, all all of our difficult games are at home. A lot of our losses from last year, SMU lost at home. Cincy lost at home. Navy lost at home. So... We do have that working for us. Um, so we head into a bye week. Then we've got Temple. That'll be easy. Another Thursday night game. Is that the space game, I think? I don't know. We'll have to check on that. Not that it really matters that much. Um, then at ECU. Another dangerous game. Holton Nailers. What's this? Like seventh, seventh year? year senior. <laughs> I don't know. The dude, he is a pretty good quarterback. But I feel like the last couple times we played, like, He's gotten worse. He's tried. He's tried to win the game single handedly, and I think he was. He's better like the as only good player. 
he's like the only good player on the whole team, so it's hard. The um, him squatting like a thirty pound cinder block during COVID that he's never been as like that was the downfall of his college career when they were showing him doing that. I'm like, dude, I could do like four of those. Um, good for you, home workout. But at you so then next week that's gonna be the, the last time we play them. By the way, if you want to go to Greenville or whatever, so just saying. I really don't. Last chance. All right, what do we got next? Next is homecoming week against Cincinnati. Usually we tend to pick a easier game uh, for homecoming. College game day, maybe? Not so fast. Uh, <laughs> so hey, they're Cincinnati, ranked. I mean, what a team they had last year, even though I hated them. I think they had like nine or ten guys drafted, yeah. which is just incredible for a group of five team especially. Yep. But yeah, that being said, they lost like everyone. So we'll see how good uh, Luke Fickle's recruiting skills are and, you know, the old next man up mentality. But, you know, they've taken it to us the last few years and we really need to get the reins back in from them on this future Big 12 uh, foe. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'll be going to that one. Are you going to that one? Yeah, actually that I am. I'm going to three games this year, okay? I'm going to Louisville, Cincy, and USF. It's pretty damn good for having a nine-month-old and living almost four hours away. <laughs> yeah. I'll be at that game, too. Um, not sure about ECU the week before, but definitely Cincy. And then this is this is going to be hard to say, but that Cincy game might be the last regular season UCF game I go to all season. I know. Well, there's only one more. <laughs> there's Memphis, Tulane, Navy, USF. Oh, you said home game. No, I said regular season game. Oh. Yeah, I mean, dude, <sighs> got a lot of stuff going it on. It sucks. So, all right, sir, well, all right, we'll just keep going through the schedule. So, I could actually go to Memphis. You know, my last time there did not end well. Um, Do you want to? That's the thing. I'm actually, I'm open that week, so I could... I could go. I could just do a one-day trip. Um, that's what I did last time. Did not work out well. Um, shout out to the good news. Two hundred one is the good news is for everyone is that Daryl Henderson is not running down the sideline. And yeah, Pollard and dude, they have so many good running backs in the NFL. Gainwell, now. Gainwell on the Eagles. He's like a sleeper fantasy pick. Uh, but yeah, you know, revenge game at Memphis. Last time we were there was that heartbreaking. Field goal miss at the end. Duh. We were up like 15 with two minutes left. <laughs> uh, anyway. You could say the same for like six games Every in the game, last couple the, years. Heupel's last two years was just like, oh, we're up two scores and we're going to lose with like four minutes left. Because <laughs> let's throw the ball three freaking times and not run any time off the clock. All right. Next after that, we've got at Tulane. Probably the best away game destination to go to. Unfortunately, I'll be in uh, Germany. Well, not unfortunately for, I don't even know. I will be in Germany for the Seahawks-Bucks game. Taking my mom there, so that'll be fun. Uh, But obviously can't make it to New Orleans for that. Then the next week we've got the home game versus Navy. I have something that weekend, I can't remember what. Also a revenge game, sadly. And then what could be the final chapter of an epic rivalry? The last game 
in the American Conference at USF. Gonna Black be Friday. Black Friday. And circling back to my bachelor party, that same idiot bachelor decided to put his wedding on Black Friday. Ouch. Yeah. So maybe it'll be a noon game. D friend. And I could I don't know, if the wedding's at five, like leave it three from the game. I don't know. Whoa. Oh, tied at twenty one. Go to the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, screw it. We're not that good of friends. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, his sister's hot, though, so I can't really mess this up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then the next week, day before your birthday, will be the conference championship game, hopefully. Which I have already taken the entire week off, just in case. So what uh, other... Vac- for what? whatever reason, I picked my birthday week, and I don't have a trip planned. Oh, I was going to say, what trip just happens to coincide no. with that week? Nice, all right. <laughs> All right, we've got. I mean, the plan is to take my daughter to daycare every day and then golf at least eighteen holes per day. That sounds like an awesome trip. (laughs) All right, so looking through the schedule, are you still set on this twelve and zero prediction? I mean, yeah, it it all depends, dude. Like I said (laughs) earlier, high risk, high reward. But let's talk to Brandon and really kind of like go down the list of breaking down this entire team and i feel like he's going to agree with me because you start to really break down position by position you kind of see how the other teams in the conference stand up and you know there's really there's just really no match all right sounds good so let's get to that hello Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. Donald De La Haye. Hello? Yo. Hey, man. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I hear you good, man. What's going on? Hey, doing good. Uh, nice to see you destroying. Nice to talk <laughs> to you. Let me add in Moo real quick here. Okay. This is a little bit out of my technology comprehension. All right, can you guys both hear me? I can hear you. Yes, sir. Hey. All right, guys, we are joined now with uh, one of our favorite longtime guests here, Brandon Helwig from UCFsports.com, a.k.a. The Dungeon, one of the best resources for UCF sports, all sports, not just football information. Brandon, great to catch up with you. How you doing, man? Having a great night. Uh, Thanks for welcoming me onto your podcast. Welcome back uh, from your little summer hiatus. Thanks, man. It's good to catch up. I can't believe, you know, summer's over. We're just, I think, you know, by the time it's post, 10 days away from the first game. I can't wait to get back out there. I can't wait to see you on the sidelines with your little uh, 69 vests. I don't know how you pulled that off last year, but that was funny. <laughs> um, I don't know if that'll work out this year, but yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so anyway, you know, we started off the show with the breaking news. Gus named uh, JRP. First of all, how do you say his middle name? Because the reason I keep Rice. giving him Rice, okay, uh, John, and, and you have to call him John Rice. His name isn't John and Rice. Like so, his name is John Rice. One time, I think I was, I was messaging with someone, and I referred to him as John. Uh, one of his relatives, like, oh, just so you know, it always has to be John Rice. You can't just say John. So does he have a middle name, 
And his first name is John Rice, I, or I guess that's his middle name, but but it's it's linked to I I'm not sure. Is the, there another the logistics of how that works? Is there I another John Plumley that like we don't want to get him confused with? You know, like I don't know, like JFK. You know, that's you know, or like George know. George W. Bush. <laughs> That'll be a we good may question. Have to ask him that. Yeah, I think I, so. I think he's going to be at a press conference on Tuesday. Maybe that'll be the first question. So John Rice is it <laughs> is it two first names or is it one first name and a middle name? I I don't know. Hey, two two first names, one starting quarterback. But anyway, that was the breaking news. And, you know, kind of the chatter that I had heard was, you know, it seemed like the writing was on the wall for Mikey to be QB1, the incumbent guy. Um, he seemed like he was doing better in practice. I heard from people, you know, the scrimmage, he looked better. And then Gus kind of drops this bomb on us today. So, Brandon, what was your initial reaction to this? And uh, I guess kind of what are your thoughts on, on this news with John Rice Plumlee being named quarterback one? Yeah, I guess I'll kind of take it back a little bit further. When they recruited John Rice to, to transfer in um, in January, I mean, in my mind, I thought he's going to be the, the clear favorite to, to be QB1 once we get to this point of the 2022 season. Uh, Gus Malzahn had recruited him uh, when he was at Auburn. Uh, he seems like the perfect mitt and the perfect, uh, perfect uh, fit and the perfect mold for what Gus likes to run offensively. He's got elite speed i mean he might be you know one of the best athletes on the team he might be the fastest player on the team if not he's probably top three white lightning I mean, baby yeah all you got to do is, is <laughs> go into youtube and, and look at that old miss lsu game i mean it's been a few years ago 2019 but he can run all over the place so you know what gus has liked to do through the years with cam newton nick marshall and, and that's really when his offense hums so when he came in i just figured it's, it's his job to to lose almost, even though Mikey was coming back as, as QB1. But it's always a sensitive situation because you've got a guy, uh, Mikey did a lot of good things for you last year. You, you really didn't want to have him jump in as a true freshman, but circumstances dictated that you had to when Dylan Gabriel got hurt. And uh, once he got rolling a little bit, uh, you know, UCF did well. And, and, I mean, he was the starting quarterback of the team that beat Florida in a bowl game. So that goes a long way to the fan base, to the team. But, you know, we, we spring practice, we, we get to spring, and, and we don't really see anything, you know, media-wise, you know, not much more than what fans saw. Everyone saw the spring game, and John Rice did pretty well in that game. Both quarterbacks played well. Uh, John Rice looked pretty good passing the ball. And, and you know, I probably, if you would have asked me then, who do you think is going to be the starter, you know, come the season, I probably would have said John Rice. But just like you were saying – you know, once we got to, to August and camp, and, and like I said, even though we're media, we don't really see anything. We could go to practice uh, or a portion of practice once a week for about 20 minutes, and they intentionally do it when they're stretching. It's like the warm-up, yeah. Warm-ups, and we never saw the quarterbacks throw to anybody, okay? Like, they, they, we didn't see any passing drills, so you know, not like you can really glean a lot from that. But we, we never really saw anything. We just, you know, my opinion is kind of based on chatter, just like, just like you people that had observed practices, um, you know, maybe some player sources, family sources, donor sources that had access to the second scrimmage. And, and it was almost unanimous from what people were saying, like, you know, it looks like Mikey's ahead, you know, he's, he's, you know, making better decisions. You know, it looks like, you know, John Rice has some work to do to catch up to him. And that was just kind of the vibe. I mean, you don't yeah. know, do you really know what the coaches were thinking? Do you know what Gus and Chip Lindsay, you know, what they were going going through like no you don't know exactly what they were thinking but yeah so when the, i heard yesterday well we had availability on saturday with with gus and, and he said you know they'd be named one in the near future and then i heard last night he was going to do it this afternoon so 
I just was expecting he was Mikey just based on, I think that was what most of the players thought just, you know, and so, yeah, I was a little surprised that it was John Rice. But then again, if I go back to what I was thinking about the situation last spring when he came in, I guess I'm not surprised at all because, you know, he really looks like the type of quarterback and he, he probably has a higher ceiling, you know, than Mikey. If he can if he can get it together, you know, from from a passing standpoint, I mean, he's got elite speed. And with UCF's talent offensively, running back, receiver, uh, they're going to they're going to be hard to beat. And you, you can win with with either one of those guys. That's a good point there. You know, we get so caught up in this quarterback, that quarterback, but I agree with you. I, I think we're so talented on offense, at, you know, receiver, running back, like you said, that, you know, whoever it is in there, I, I'm pretty confident that we're going to win a lot of games with. But like you said, and me and Moo were talking about earlier, I think, you know, JRP obviously has the most upside, but that doesn't mean it's still a surprise. Another thing I said earlier is, this could all be a smokescreen. I, I don't know. I You know, Gus likes to get cute with a lot of things. So naming the quarterback before a game that's meaningless, you know, I'd like to think that we see both of them get playing time, and that playing time is could have an impact on who gets to start in the real first game, Louisville. You know what I'm saying? You know, use the word smokescreen. If it was a smokescreen, I kind of figured it would be the other way around, that you you name Mikey QB1 for South Carolina State, and, you know, that that's the feel-good pick, you know, coming back, you know, hopefully he's improved from last season, team rallies behind him, but you kind of know what Plumlee can do and you go in huh. into it, you know, playing both and you kind of want the decision to be played out on the field where everyone can see. And, and that's, that's right. There was a smoke screen. Huh. I kind of would have figured it more along the lines of that. And so now, now you kind of wonder, um, you know, we saw what happened with Timmy McLean at South Florida when he wasn't named the starting quarterback and he hits the portal ASAP, obviously a lot, you know, that moved quickly. And then he's now at UCF uh, transferred. So you just kind of wondering back of your mind, you know, what does Mikey do now? Because I think if, if you're not named starting quarterback uh, based on, you know, if there was, you know, if players, and I'm sure he probably felt that, you know, maybe he should have been named starter. Like, do you have a future in this offense or not? I'm sure it came as a huge shock to him just based off everything you said. I'd imagine he was kind of feeling pretty confident too. That must have been a difficult conversation. I don't know. But, you know, the good thing is is we're going to see this all kind of play out in front of us over the next few weeks. Uh, but it does feel good to be talking about this stuff again. So no chance this is like a Pete DeNovo Holman kind of thing where you see John Rice <laughs> maybe come in South Carolina State and, like, maybe, you know, struggle a little bit. And then Gus is not, you know, shy to start switching in and out quarterbacks. Keen gets in there, you know has a couple good balls and all of a sudden we're, we're rolling down the field. Then what? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of that. I was thinking about that, that situation, you know, and that was uh, the camp where everyone figured Holman would be the quarterback, but he's a terrible practice quarterback. And, you know, he just did not do one practice. And I guess you have to base your decision on that or what's the point of practice. Right. So that's kind of why Pete Novo got the job. I remember what the George O'Leary quote was that he was better sidelined to huddle. Uh, fieldmanship. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but that was the reason why he got the starting job over Justin Holman. And then when we got to the game, you know, they probably put it home in a little too late. All of us came back and beat Penn State uh, in Dublin and Ireland. You know, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, John Rice is Gus's guy. He recruited him for a reason. He recruited him with the intent that he was going to be the starting quarterback. The question I want to know when we talk to Gus next, and, and he may or may not reveal it, is are you going to play both in the first game? 
you know, is that your plan? Or is he going to say John Rice is, is our guy and that's who we're going with? And, you know, maybe if it's just like any game, if you get up by a certain lead, you know, you, you, you take, take your starters out. Or, you know, will he try to give some, you know, primary reps to, to, to Mikey Keene? That's that's a question we don't know yet. So it's more of like, a, is Gus really that stubborn? Like, hey, I recruited this guy, so I want this guy, no matter how good Keene did in practice this offseason? You know, I, I don't know if stubborn is the right word. I mean, but, you know, there's things Gus likes to do offensively, and he covets quarterbacks that are basically like running backs. And, and Mikey Keene, I mean, some people said they thought, you know, he was better you know, on, you know, on his feet than he was last year, but you know, he's not John Rice Plumbly. I mean, he's not going to be a guy that's, that's going to, you know, impress you that much with his feet where he does impress you more. Maybe is you know, nowhere to go with the ball and making quick decisions and, you know, you know, managing the offense, you know, not throwing interceptions so and, and the important stuff, stuff like at quarterback. Yeah. You know, that's why I kind of thought it would be Mikey too. Just if what we were hearing was accurate, there's enough talent on offense. Offensive line is deep. They added some transfers. Look at running backs like a clown car full of elite players. You got right receiver where you said it's going to be better than they were last year. You got tied in where you got Kamori Gamble like a like a legit passing option. There's, there's so much talent offensively. You know, I just kind of felt like you know I, I was a little surprised. But you know what? You know, I don't know. Uh, none <laughs> of us, none, football, none, right? none of us know. We're, we're going to get a lot of these questions answered over these next couple weeks, which is awesome. I'm so excited for season to start, but. You, you mentioned a little bit uh, the talent on offense. So let's go through that a little bit. Um, let's start with the receivers, actually. You know, we've got O'Keefe, obviously, coming back. Jalen Robinson transferred. Kobe Hudson came in. Who else do you think are we going to see kind of step up? And, and what are the starting receiver positions looking like right now? It's looking like a top three. Obviously, Ryan O'Keefe is, is the guy everyone knows. And then it was it's the two transfers from SEC schools. You mentioned Kobe Hudson coming in from Auburn. He was here in spring. And then the other guy that was drawing a lot of praise is Javon Baker from Alabama. Uh, he was kind of, in a way, the replacement for Flash. You know, when uh, Jalen Robinson had the portal after spring, and I guess he's now at Ole Miss, you know, and they were able to add Javon Baker uh, late in the summer or late in the process. Uh, he initially was going to go to Kentucky. Something happened there. And then he kind of got back into the portal. and. You know, from the accounts that we hear, he's really, really impressive going up and getting the ball and bringing it down. And I think it was a media day. Um, we were talking to Mikey, and you know, he was saying, you know, you, you know, usually calling 50-50 balls, but when you throw it to Javon Baker, it's like a 75-25 ball. So you know, he's he's really, really impressed in camp. Um, Amari Johnson definitely would have been in that top four mix. He did get hurt recently. We oh, don't yeah. know the extent of his in- injury. Uh, looks it's like it's, a foot it's maybe thing, right? a knee, but it kind of, it, it, yeah, but I don't know. They never said exactly what it was. It seems like it's something he would be able to come back and play at some point this season, but we don't have any details yeah. on when that might be. So that's a big loss. You know, uh, you know, consistent receiver experience. It's probably a bigger loss in special teams where he was going to most likely be the starting punt returner. So beyond that top three of, of Keith and, and Hudson and Javon Baker, it's kind of curious to see who sort of steps up in that role. Jalen Griffin is a guy that had a lot of buzz during the spring. I think he was banged up a little bit this camp. We didn't really hear a whole lot about him. I think it was a hamstring. I'm not exactly sure, but he was, you know, kind of limited, not, not hurt, hurt, but you know, just wasn't 100%. And there's you know, some freshmen maybe in the mix. So we'll, we'll kind of see, but you know, if I'm looking at last year, I think this wide receiver group has the potential to be better than they were last year. It seemed like, 
you know, after Flash got hurt, you know, it was really just Ryan O'Keefe and Brandon Johnson. And that was, that was pretty much it in terms of, you know, the guys that were consistently performing out there. So, uh, obviously, Kobe Hudson was the number one receiver at Auburn, experienced. Uh, Javon Baker just scratching the surface of his potential. The fact that he didn't play much in Alabama um, isn't really an indictment on, on his on his talent level because, you know, <laughs> look at Alabama every year. They got five-star guys going through the league. Yeah, I was so going to say. That doesn't really tell, tell me anything. He's probably going to come into UCF and be an elite receiver. So I, I'm really excited about what UCF has at receiver this year. That's awesome. I, I'm pretty hyped because, you know, anytime you've got – um, you know, we, we've been so spoiled with all the great wide receivers, you know, we, Gabe Davis and Marlon and those guys, you know, they replaced Snelson and Traquan Smith. And, and there was always guys stepping up and it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a little nerve wracking when you don't know these names coming in, but you know, the fact that they're transfers coming from these big schools and obviously they've stood out during camp is, uh, a little reassuring. It always stinks when you lose transfers, but it sounds like we've got, uh, some pretty experienced good guys to fill in those roles. What about running back? You know, Bowser came back, which I was admittedly a little surprised. You know, after he got banged up last year, I think I think he could creep his way on an NFL roster, but I'm definitely glad he's back. How are we looking at that position, in your opinion? I mean, it's definitely going to be one of the deepest groups nationally, honestly, um, you know, with the talent coming back with Isaiah Bowser. You know, I think he was just he was too banged up last year to really get a legitimate NFL look. He, probably was just going to be an undrafted free agent and you, you know you kind of draw you know rolling the dice there in terms of what that was going to mean I just think he needed to show a little bit more and he didn't really have the opportunity to do that so I think that was a tough decision that he made to come back hopefully he makes the most of it and impresses NFL scouts but I think when we saw Bowser in that Florida game because you know when he came he was banged up in Louisville and he, you know kind of you know missed a game or two but he you know he wasn't 100% when he did get back mm-hmm. but when he got to that Florida game and there was like a month off or something like that since the previous game at the end of the regular season we saw what he could do like that's that's the Bowser that we saw early in the, the season so bruiser that was what exciting have, like 35, yeah bruiser. 40 carries and, or something like that yeah yeah. Insane, and, yeah you know I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how they're gonna find the ball you know find enough carries <laughs> for all these guys and, and obviously Johnny Richardson uh, was was had a great season. Was actually the leading rusher last season, and yeah. you know, people John, say he's even better. He's Johnny Rockets, protections yeah. more. I think that was kind of his weakness last year was was the protections part of it. Obviously, he's a, he's a great runner. And then the guy that everyone forgets about is R.J. Harvey. Oh yeah, um, he was the former quarterback at Edgewater High School. Went to Virginia to play quarterback. And then they moved him to running back or whatever after you know semester. Or so when he transferred to UCF, and he was this time a year ago or maybe early in August, they were talking about R.J. Harvey and Bowser as one A and one B. I think R.J. was I think ahead of Johnny Richardson this time a year ago, and then he tore his ACL in practice at a, at a scrimmage. I think the first scrimmage or something. It's like right before the season, ago. yeah. Yeah, right before the season. So, um, obviously, he was out for the year. Uh, and then when we got got to spring, um, I think it was, yeah, the end of spring, uh, Tim Harris, who's the running backs coach, co-offensive coordinator, you know, he was saying that even with wearing a knee brace, R.J. Harvey's speed had come back. He was the fastest running back, I think you said, you know, even with a knee brace. Wow. I mean, he, he was, he was out clocking everybody else, and he's wearing a brace. No one else was. So uh, we've heard a lot of good things about him. You know, he's obviously you know going to be in the mix to be a primary guy. You got Mark Mark Anthony Richards, who we saw last year, who almost single handedly, in a way, you know, brought UCF back. You know, to beat <laughs> ECU. 
Uh, that was a great game for him. So really all, all those guys, I mean, and, and Jordan McDonald, that's a name, uh, a true freshman. Uh, everyone was excited when they, when they signed him last year, he was here in spring and, and, you know, they, that's that a big guy, right? The other week that donors. Yeah. He's yeah. a huge dude. And, you know, I heard a lot of good things about him from that scrimmage. And, you know, is he a guy that they necessarily need to play this year? They need to rely upon probably not, but you know, his talent is, is really good too. So I think they're going to find their spots to kind of get him, get him some action as well. It's good to know we have depth at that position. Cause I mean, last year, the guys that we thought were going to start, you know, through summer and fall, didn't even end up playing between RJ and, uh, I forget the guy that like got arrested or something. Um, yeah, Scott Bentavious Thompson. Yeah, ben, yeah, I, I Bentavious. No, he didn't, he didn't get arrested. Just, that, that's played. gonna be edited like, out. Yeah. Team. <laughs> Did he ever find another team? Yeah, Oklahoma. He went to Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess a walk. I'm not exactly sure what the deal was. He went to Oklahoma. I, I really haven't paid attention. So he he reunited with Dylan Gabriel. Pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah, I'm super excited about the offense, man. I gotta tell you. But going back to John Rice real quick, like, don't you think that in Gus's decision with going with John Rice, that most of, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but wouldn't you say that most of O'Keefe's touches were probably from 10 yards or less? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I would go back and look at uh, PFF Pro Football Focus, and they, you know, they chart everything, you know, passing, passing depth and all that, and yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was just dumping the ball to O'Keefe, and it was, like you said, within within five yards. You're yeah, right, you're right about so that. Like I can pull it up while we're talking, but yeah. Between that and then getting the ball to Johnny Richardson, doesn't it make you think that, like, maybe the deep ball isn't really necessarily in the game plan per se with this quarterback decision. Yeah. And, and, and the deep ball, is it really, you know, we're, we're some people may be kind of thinking like, that's what hypo love to do. They lived <laughs> off the deep ball. Dylan Gabriel made a living off the deep ball and, you know, whether it was arm strength or accuracy with Mikey, we didn't really see very much of that last year. And I don't think they really need it. You know, they just have to consistently put together drives and move the chains. I mean, there's there's enough talent there. But yeah, that, that's the one element we haven't we that really since Gus got here, other than maybe Dylan in the first couple of games last year, haven't really seen much of much of the deep ball in this offense. Honestly, I don't think we really need it. If we just get the ball into the playmakers' hands, you know, the O'Keefe's, the Richardsons of the world, bruising with Bowser, like you said, and it's. It's game on. I'm excited, man. I, I am excited. And like you said, any way we can get the ball into these playmakers' hands, there's so many of them, you know, between the returning guys, the transfers, white lightning at quarterback, uh, definitely excited. But let's go to the other side of the ball, the defense. You know, we lost Big Cat. We lost Kalia Davis. We lost, like, every linebacker. Had a nice young DB core returning. Brandon, what are your kind of thoughts on the defense now heading into this season with, uh, you know, a, a lot of question marks since what we saw last year? Well, if we were going to talk about the buzz that maybe we were hearing chatter about, you know, the offense and the quarterback, I've heard a lot of positive buzz about about defense, about a lot of people are really excited about the depth and, and the transfers coming in and how everyone thinks this is going to be a much better defense than they were a year ago. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. And going into it, everyone's like, linebacker, you know, what is he going to do? They only have Jeremiah, Gene Baptiste coming back. I mean, no one else. You know, Tatum Bethune transferred out. He went to FSU, and there's just not a lot of depth there. Uh, but I've heard a lot of good things about Jason Johnson. 
uh, who is the uh, Eastern Illinois uh, transfer uh, that, that came in. And, and there's a couple other guys, Brandon Jennings, who played at Maryland. Uh, Terrence Lewis was also at Maryland. So there, a there's five some, star there's some guy, guys right? there. Yeah, Terrence. T2 T- is what they call him. T- I think T- he wore two in, in high school. Uh, we're in 10 now. But, you know, he was a former five-star player. Uh, he had torn his ACL. Or I think when he got to Maryland, they had find, they had maybe found out after the fact that he had a, a torn ACL and it was undiagnosed in high school. So he underwent surgery when he got to Maryland and, and redshirted last year, wasn't able to play. But you yeah. know, he's in there now. Uh, he's, he's, fully, he's fully cleared. Imagine so being that freak of an athlete. Of, you just, oh, yeah. Hey, man, you had a torn ACL. You didn't know about it, though, and you kept playing. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's happened a few times i've heard about that through the years someone didn't really quite realize what it was and then yeah then well, hey, JJ, JJ, like jj wharton you know never came out of the game when he had his so yeah that's thought. right that smu game and yeah 2014 right smu yeah you can tell when he kind of got hurt but then yeah he didn't come out you just you just yeah. can't cut but, i think is the thing from what i've heard I don't yeah know. <laughs> just run straight yeah. i don't know anyway yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they they were. I mean that 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 secondary. I mean everyone comes back. Devonte Brown. I, I'm pretty sure he didn't give up a touchdown last year. Corey Thornton, uh, Brandon Adams. Those guys are kind of the top three corners, kind of like co co starting status between the three of them. Devonte Brown is elite. I mean that that guy's going to be in the NFL. Uh, safety. You got Quadric Bullard. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, and you know he really was a star last year. And, and it was kind of fun talking to him the other day. You know, he's, he's a little guy, or he was a little guy. I think he was, he said last year he was playing at like 150 pounds towards the end of the season. Oh, wow. You know, he had trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was he was light to begin with. You know, get to a season and, you know, you're running around. It's hard to, you know, keep the weight on. But, you know, he spent off season was basically dedicated to, you know, putting on weight, bulking up. And I think he's about 180 now. So, wow. What, what uh, a fun problem to have. Hey, man, go, go get yeah. some weight. Like, all right. <laughs> Welcome to adult yeah, he life. Told us, like, he was like, he was like waking up in the middle of the night and like drinking like a shake and just doing all this stuff, just eating nonstop. I mean, that, that kind of jealous. Of that. Make him <laughs> get you the other way. Make it, make him have a kid and have a nine to five job and uh, you'll gain some weight. That'll do it. But uh, yeah, he, I, he obviously comes back to Vod Wilson, Justin Hodges in the night position. Then they got Kobe Perry, who was a, it was another one of these FCS guys that were really good at that level and that are looking to kind of prove it on the bigger stage, like Bryson Armstrong last year. And heard some good things about him playing safety. I think he was the conference defensive player of the year when he was at Austin P last year. So there's some talent there. And that's, that's going to be a really deep group. And then a defensive line, you know, Big Cat Bryant is gone and, and Cam Good transferred out to, to Michigan. But, but there's some guys there. You know, Tremont Morris Brash has had a good camp. You know, he looks down in. He'll, he'll probably be the main pass rush guy that's kind of the sack leader. Joshua Selliscar, uh, you know, interior-wise. I've got Ricky Barber. I mean, that guy's elite, you know. Unfortunately, he was kind of banged up a lot last season. But hopefully, he stays healthy. Got Montalvo coming back. Lee Hunter uh, was the transfer from Auburn. What about- a lot of good things about him eating. What about Esther? What about Woodson? I heard something about him uh, recently. Did he get? Yeah, yeah. He was. He's. It looks like his career, at least his career at UCF, appears to be over. I guess when practice started, you know, we saw that he had a knee brace on. He wasn't dressed out. He was kind of limping around. I'm not sure exactly. Oh, man. Uh, what the diagnosis is, but he has a, a history of ACLs. I think he's had two ACLs yeah. in the same knee. He had that in high school. had had an issue. Yeah, so it's one sucks. of those things that it was always like on the brink, like 
you know, always kind of worried about it. But I, he played in the spring game. He was he was, he was in, balling he was in the spring game. Spring I rem- and did well. I remember, and I knew he had some knee troubles in the past. Man, that stinks. That stinks to hear. I, you know, he was really going to get a good opportunity this year, but uh, dang. Uh, oh well, you know, it sounds like we've got a, a lot of good depth though on, on the D line, so it's definitely good to hear. Yeah, you know, we'll just kind of we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, there is a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, a lot of buzz about what they might be able to do this year. Yeah, and it's it's also nice hearing you know the familiarity we have with these defensive backs when kind of that's always been at least the last couple of years from what I remember what was kind of widely known as like our biggest question mark was always the DBs, and uh, it sounds like we've got some really really good talent there. So I'm I'm definitely excited. I mean. Obviously, it's the first game. We're all excited, but it's going to be awesome to see like how this all shakes out on the field. Because let's be real, this is all kind of hearsay, you know. Until we see them out there, you know, we never know what's going to happen. But I- I'm definitely excited to you know watch these guys out there and see what happens. So that being said, let's go through. We're going to pick our superlatives. We do this every year. We're wildly wrong. So it's actually if we don't pick someone you like, that's probably a good thing. But we're going to do offensive and defensive MVPs, and then sleepers and then we're going to do our uh, season record prediction so we'll start off with offensive mvp and um i'm going to go to move first well first off i would like to say that i'm not wildly wrong because i have all of our superlatives from last year oh, <laughs> oh and i had isaiah bowser as our mvp so eh, that's and, a chop this pick. was this was before you know the first game and everything that we saw with boise and Louisville and you know whatever so anyway uh all right so my offensive MVP for 2022 season is Johnny Richardson look Johnny actually led the team in rushing last year even with Bowser missing some time this back is absolutely electric in open space really turned the Jets on down the field we saw that in the Florida game 23 plays of 20 plus yards so he's the big play guy. Kind of reminds me of like Darren Sproles meets James White a little bit. Uh, had the third most catches on the team last year with 25, but I expect this number to increase 35, 40. It's all about getting the uh, ball in the playmaker's hands. And uh, this guy's a playmaker, MVP, Johnny Richardson. All right. I like it. So wait, who did I pick last year then? You had the offensive line. All right. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, hey, we got Cole Schneider in the NFL. So, uh, all right, Brandon, who's your uh, offensive MVP pick for this season? You know, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I kind of thought about this and kind of, you know, you could go with the easy pick. Like, I think Ryan O'Keefe is kind of like the easy choice, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say John Rice Plumley. I see the news coming down that he's QB1. We've kind of, have a little bit of footage from his Ole Miss days to show what he could do at that position. I think, you know, if, if the passing stuff turns on for him and, and the, the light comes on, uh, the sky's the limit. He's an electric athlete. Uh, you know, I think off, I think opposing defenses are going to have a lot of problems trying to corral him and all the other offensive playmakers that UCF has. But I'm excited. I, now that the decision is made, you know, you know Practice is practice, whatever. But you know, I think UCF with John Rice, the biggest games, I guess you could say, are obviously you know Louisville and, and Georgia Tech non-conference, and you know Cincinnati and, and some of those teams. But in the AAC, I think I think he can dominate the American. 
and uh, this, is, this isn't the SEC where he was coming from at Ole Miss. Uh, so I think the bar is a little bit lower, you know, uh, for him to kind of run run all over these defenses. So I, I'm excited. I, I think uh, I, I'm that might be. Uh, I just kind of came came to me, but I'm going with John Wright. I love that, man. I'm I'm so hyped for this season. Like, can we just fast forward ten days? Because thinking about his upside. And I picked him as offensive MVP too. And uh, but thinking about his upside, and you know, obviously we know he's a great runner. But if he can really, really dial in and lead this offense, I mean, the sky is the limit. We know his physical talents. It's just, is he going to fit into this offense? If he can spread the ball around to all the playmakers we've been talking about, it can be really, really, really fun to watch. So he was my pick too. Um, kind of mad you stole him, but. Whatever. I, I hope we're all right, though, honestly. I think all three of these guys have a really good chance of uh, of stealing the show. And, you know, even if they don't, like you said, we've got three really, really great starting receivers. And also, you know, we've got Bowser, too, coming back in the backfield, bruising, you know, 30-plus carries, Kevin Smith style. So definitely excited to see how that shakes out. Sleeper-wise, Moo, who do you have uh, for your sleeper this year? All right, this year for my offensive sleeper, kind of hard to have a sleeper when there's this much talent. <laughs> on the offense, but I'm going to go with tight end Alec Holler. Look, everyone's talking about Kamor Gamble, the transfer in from Florida, and yeah, we did see we did see some flashes of greatness from him last year. But as far as a sleeper, you know, Holler really came out of nowhere. He had a touchdown in the Boise State game when when he first scored, and they said that was who scored. I went like, huh? Who is this? I had no idea who this even was, and he ended up scoring. You know, three touchdowns, 19 catches last year, and he had a couple of uh, pretty nice bulldozer uh, moves on a, on a couple of defenders. So I like the way he plays. He was uh, featured in that little ESPN Plus. What was the name of that? Our time. Our, Our time. time. Yeah. So we got to meet his family, and he seemed like a pretty cool kid. So that that's who I think is, is really going to break out and be kind of the sleeper this year, Alec Holler. All right, I like that pick. Uh, just remind us, who were our picks last year? Last year, I had Amari Johnson. You had Daniel Obarski. <laughs> and Jason, <laughs> Jason Beattie had Charlie Browder. Who transferred. Oh, man, he was baby Gronk, though. He had that one catch that was like out of bounds in the end zone. But dang, I liked him. All home, run, all home runs. Wow. Well, Amari Johnson. <laughs> Did Amari Johnson Throw get hurt last down. year or no? I think he saw some playing time. I don't know. It's a sleeper. It's got to be like an off-the-wall kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Dude, I'm still holding out hope for Obarski. You know, Boomer, I think I, I think I saw Colton Boomer was hurt, so I think Obarski has the inside track for the, uh, you know, the starting job. Hopefully yeah. he's practiced enough to, uh, you know, lock in his field goals. All right, Brandon, who do you got for your sleeper pick for offense? Yeah, I kind of feel like I already explained this one. I mean, I'm kind of looking at who's the guy, but I got to go with R.J. Harvey, a running okay. back, because he's like no one, no one's kind of talking about him. Everyone kind of forgets uh, of where he was, you know, this time a year ago. And now that he's back and you hear the buzz that he could be the fastest running back. I mean, look at him. And he's like a bowling ball. I mean, he's big. <laughs> if yeah. he's the fastest guy, I'd hate to, I hate to be a linebacker. Whoever he's going to, he's going to run some people over. I he mean, looks he's like a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> He does. He yeah. does. So I'm excited about him. I guess he kind of fits that sleeper category. Didn't play last season. People probably forgot about him. People, everyone's talking about Isaiah Bowser and Johnny Richardson, which they should. But I think this guy is going to have a monster season. All right. I like that pick. Uh, for my pick, I got to go Javon Baker. I know you mentioned him earlier. 
he's a starter, so I guess it's not really a sleeper. But, you know, for the casual fan, it's definitely going to be a new name that you're not going to be used to. Just like you said, the things I've heard out of camp absolutely dominates DBs. And, you know, the fact that he was practicing probably at Alabama versus a bunch of guys that were first-round picks, you know, that iron sharpens iron. And, uh, you know, I think he's really, really going to get to shine here in our offense this season. So that's my pick. This is a football cliche now. Iron sharpens iron. Like, I, that, everyone says that. I feel like, remember the shrink coach when Frost was here? Uh, Zach Duval. Like, I think he got t shirts that said that or something. He really leaned you know, into that one. What, he was like War, I mean, War Daddy or something, too, right? Yeah, that one, too. But, like, I know that phrase has been around, but ever since he was here, like, I hear constantly, like, in every interview, yeah, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> I guess I've fallen uh, from podcaster into, like, coach speak regurgitator. I don't know. You know what? It's. It, it's true though. It's definitely true, and it, it paints it's a nice true. little picture. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive MVP, Moo. Who did you have last year? Who do you have this year? All right, last year I had Ricky Barber as MVP, which wasn't too bad of a pick. Did well in the games he played in, but this year, defensive MVP, I'm going with Devonte Brown. I am all in on Devonte Brown. Led team last year in 13 pass breakups. Ball hawker. Has the it factor. Kind of reminds me of like a J.C. Jackson in the NFL. Just literally always around the ball. Big dude. He's on all kinds of preseason award watch lists. Just saw he, he's sponsored by First Watch as well. That's hey. a, plus in my, a plus in my book. Like Brandon said earlier, this guy is going to be an NFL star I'm all in this year, Devontae Brown. DBU. All right, love to hear it. Brandon, who do you got? I love that Devontae Brown pick. I, I could easily just be the copycat, but I won't. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tremont Morris Brash. I think he's going to have a monster season. I mean, you could just kind of like see it in his eyes. Like like the, the best defensive linemen, you could just, you know, you got to see it in their eye. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, see, they you know see red. You can, yeah. You, you can see it. Yeah, like he's like he's he's motivated. He's ready to have like a monster senior year. I mean, we had a little bit of off the field stuff last year that kind of was a distraction. wasn't here in the spring, but like he's ready to show out and kind of show what he can do. And and it's it's wide open for him. He's he's the pass rusher that UCF is going to need. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Traymon Morris Brash. All right, I like that pick. And uh, before I do my pick, Moo, who did I pick last year? Kalia Davis. All right, that's. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he got hurt, so whatever. But definitely a good pick. When he um, got hurt, that would have been a great pick. Yeah. Um, he, and he still had some great, you know, great plays in the first couple games he played. All right, so my pick for this season is going to be sticking with the hyphenated last name defensive players, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. With all the people transferring, he's kind of been the one guy. He's going to be the foundation of this defense. 100 career total tackles. I think he's just going to be the anchor there at linebacker, and uh, he was elected captain. I'm excited to see what he's going to do with us for this season. Three awesome picks, though. I'm, I think all three of these guys that we picked are going to do really well, and uh, you know, just has me fired up about about this defense. Sleepers, let's go to sleepers. Moo, who did you have last year, and who's your pick this year? All right, so. Surprisingly, we didn't do sleeper defense last year. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, so, so wait, uh, you're, wait, you're saying we messed something up? <laughs> yeah, what a shocker! <laughs> uh, so sleeper defense this year, I don't know. I had to go way out in left field. Uh, I'm gonna go with 
a highly recruited guy, Nike Martinez, hometown hero from Apopka. He enrolled early in January, so he's a little more familiar with the campus. Ten career picks, so he's got a knack for the ball. I've seen some videotape on this guy. Definitely a stud athlete, and I think that maybe not this year he's going to be like a starter or even play in many games, but I, I feel like this, for as a sleeper, like an up-and-comer kind of guy, the future star, we'll say. Nike Martinez. I like that pick a lot, and that's not the first I've heard uh, You know, some good chatter about him coming through fall camp. Brandon, who's your pick? Yeah, just kind of comment on, on Nakai Martinez a little bit. He's the guy that we consistently hear about when we ask the players, like, who's looking good? Who's showing out? Who's going to surprise people? Everyone raves about what, what he can do, and I know everyone's excited to, to see him play. I know he's going to play a lot of special teams, and, you know, Hokai, I think he's going to sort of kind of shatter a little bit these guys because, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Devontae Brown could be heads of the NFL and some of these guys. So he's kind of kind of learned the ropes this year, and, and he's the guy I think will be ready to step in by second year to be a, a starter. But my defensive sleeper, kind of thinking about it, I'm going to go with Brandon Jennings uh, at linebacker. I, I kind of feel like Jason Johnson I think is going to play a big role. But he's, you know, he's, he's played a lot. You know, he's, he's, he's you know, I think he's, this is going to be like his fifth season playing football. He's, he's experienced. Uh, but with Brandon Jennings, he's still kind of just scratching the surface. He played a little bit. Um, well, actually, he, I think he started seven games at Maryland last year and did well. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Yusuf is obviously looking for linebackers to step up. I heard a lot of good things about him. He's a name that we really haven't heard a lot about, you know, it's in the media and stuff like that. But that's who I'm going to go with, Brandon Jennings at linebacker. So not the basketball player, the linebacker. Got it. Um, right. def- not the guy. He scored 50, I think, in a uh, NBA game once. No, definitely a good pick. All right, for my sleeper, and I think the reason we didn't have defensive sleepers is because we only did an overall sleeper last year, and we always just picked offensive people. Uh, I think that's why that happened. I'm going to go with Jamal Johnson, freshman recruit out of Hollywood, Florida. I've heard some good things about him coming out of camp. I know we always rotate the D linemen in and out, kind of taking a flyer pick here too, but we've had good luck with players with the initials JJ in the past. So that's going to be my pick, Jamal Johnson, uh, defensive sleeper. Those are some good picks. That was fun going through all that. And uh, Martinez is the one name I just keep hearing consistently from all different, you know, from media people, from uh, from people, you know, inside the building. So, you know, obviously our, our DB situation's kind of already set, but it sounds like he's going to see the field in other capacity. And, uh, sounds like dude's ready to make it, make an impact as a true freshman. So definitely awesome to hear. All right, let's finish up here with our full season predictions. This is always fun. What record do we think we're going to have and how can we justify it? Moo, do you have the stats on that last year? Yeah, I, I, me and Jason both picked eleven and one. You, of course, with the twelve and zero. All right, cool. Let's do a record prediction, and what's less important is the record. Let's talk about why, and then maybe a little bowl game prediction too. Brandon, let lead us off with that. Yeah, uh, actually, when we were you were saying that, I was looking up. Uh, I had I don't <laughs> think I was on your show, but I, I did make a season prediction last year. I had predicted ten and two. Okay. Uh, that was what everyone thought. Dylan Gabriel was going to be healthy and everything else. And, you know, yeah, you know, this season it was what it was. Obviously, beating Florida kind of gives you a different 
kind of, that really put a cherry on top of the season. If you don't beat Florida in that bowl game, maybe you look at last season a little bit differently. I mean, if, far this season, if USF gets four more yards at the end of that game, the yeah. whole tone of everything from our program to this it's, podcast is completely different. And we forget how close we were to that. Right. Like, let's not forget. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And I was going back and watching some of that game because you said Brian and Timmy McLean is a transfer. I'm like, you know, yeah, you knew the game was closed again. I'm like, wow. Like, it was right there. I mean, that game, <laughs> like, you know, they just needed one more play. I mean, geez, we're, we're probably talking know. about, you know, we're, I, I guarantee you we're hearing some more like fire Gus type chatter. And instead, it's all it's all good stuff now. Yeah. Thank I mean, that's God. what you've been like, Was Gus the right coach? Is he washed up? You know, has he lost it? You know, you'd be hearing a lot more of that now. It's like, man, we're going to the Big 12. We're recruiting <laughs> like crazy. You know, we're going to compete for Big 12 championships. The whole offseason tone you're right it's totally different think how different it could have been four yards man four yeah. yards so all right what what's your prediction yeah, for this season, right. that was, season that was nice prediction <laughs> now i think ucf can win every game that doesn't mean i'm gonna say 12 and no i just i don't think there's a game on the schedule that they can't win you know as we all know it's very difficult even though ucf somehow did it back-to-back <laughs> regular season uh it's very difficult to do there's no doubt in my mind the kids built never gets hurt they actually beat LSU, and I don't know when they were going to lose. I mean, oh, you know, man. They could have gone 2019 and never lost the game. I don't oh, know. But man. that is so difficult to do. All right? They can win every game. But just with the way it goes, the way the ball bounces, turnovers and have you, I'm just going to go with 10-2. and two. Uh, I think it's going to be a solid year. Uh, it kind of remains to be seen whether, you know, that gets UCF in the conference championship game or not. Unfortunately, Houston doesn't have to like, they don't play anybody. All right. Houston, you know, they can sleepwalk probably to an eight, eight and no conference schedule because they don't play UCF or Cincinnati. Like how did that happen? All right. Um, but just the way the ball bounces, I think UCF can win every game, but I just, you know, I kind of going back and forth and we'll see. I'm going to say 10 and two. 10 and two. And we're not sure about the conference championship. That's fair. I mean, like you said, Football so unpredictable. We can definitely win every game. I mean, just go back to 2013. We won all the games that we almost shouldn't have. And there's been other seasons where we got, you know, we're in the unlucky part of that. So that's definitely a fair prediction. Uh, Moo, what are you thinking for your prediction for this year? I'll be releasing my projected betting lines in about a week, uh, right up before the game. Currently, we will only be an underdog in one game so far. I will not tell you what opponent that is yet. Cincinnati. But according to my projected... It's actually not. Oh. Um, according to my projected betting lines, there will only be one team we are an underdog against. So, with that being said, I'm going to go with 11-1. and one. Again, this one team, I think we're going to... There's going to be two games at the very end. One is going to be Louisville. I think that's going to be a close one all the way down to the end. Two, and this is kind of weird, but I, for some reason, I, I just have a feeling it's going to be that East Carolina game. Kind of like off the radar, like eh, not really thinking about it. Road games. Road games late in the season. Kind of, you know, uh, the Tulsa of, of the world. Could ECU be the new Tulsa this year? just my opinion i don't know All but right. anyway hey, no, uh, 11 and 1 i i think we i think we get knocked off some game but i i honestly i can only see us really losing one game this year and we still don't know what that is based off the vegas lines <laughs> so for me i mean i gotta do it it's an annual tradition uh 
like Jeff Sharon's bad takes on Twitter, you just know I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna come out here with this. It's twelve and zero. Every game's winnable, like Brandon said, and I expect us to win every game. I mean, let's think. We've got John Rice Plum Lee. The sky's the limit. Gus wouldn't name him the starter if he didn't think the upside was huge. I mean, let's be real. This guy's the fastest guy in the field, and we've already got all these talented running backs and wide receivers. If he can distribute the ball, not turn it over, and then also use his feet, no one's going to be able to stop us. We could have easily ran the table last year if Dylan didn't get hurt, and I think JRP has more upside than Dylan. So I'm very excited. I think 12-0 and conference championship and... Oh, man, this is how you know we haven't been in an NY6 Bowl in a while. I don't know which one we're up for. Is it the Fiesta Bowl? I think it's Cotton. Oh, Cotton. Oh, we're back on the Cotton Bowl. Cotton. Yeah, Dallas. Which we should. Fort Worth, Arlington. Which we should have made in, uh, was it 2019? Yeah. Huh. All right. That'll do like the full, uh, the trifecta of NY6 non-college football playoff balls. Although, if my prediction's right and everything shakes out correctly... Maybe we're in the discussion, so who knows? Definitely excited to kick this season off, though. Going back to Louisville, though, is Cunningham still their quarterback? Does anyone know? The guy who ran all over us? Yes. Ah, yeah. crap. <laughs> I thought well, that's was... why it's great that UCF has Tammy McClain now that can kind of, you know, he's going to be the oh. quarterback for UCF, and so he can give UCF a better look uh, than they would have had. Great silver lining there, Brandon. I, I appreciate that. All right, cool. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or anything anything else you want to share with us before we go? No, this has been a fun conversation. Just kind of getting hyped up for football season. Uh, I'm just excited for, you know, we didn't really even mention the words Big 12. This is just kind of the, a final kind of, you know, fun season to hopefully go out and win the American and kind of hit up some of these towns one last time. You mentioned ECU. Uh, this will, I imagine this will be my last trip to Greenville. I don't think I'm ever going to go back for uh, unless somehow <laughs> there's a game to be played. Uh, yeah, but some of these places going to see him one last time. Or a little, you know, little Memphis, Memphis, and, Memphis and, revenge and, tour. You know, <laughs> Memphis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, this uh, space uh, place that's just special to your heart. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Memphis. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember it vividly. <laughs> they're going to be amped up. Yeah, it's just going to be fun. Yeah, all these teams are, you know, at least the teams that are being left behind, they're going to be really fired up to beat UCF. So, yeah, uh, I'm mean, looking forward to the Big Twelve, but kind of anxious and, and kind of excited to uh, kind of have one last run here at the American. Yeah, one one victory lap. And you know, speaking of Memphis, that's a team that I thought really got snubbed. I thought they should have got in over Houston. I mean, football, you could kind of think of them as equals but the basketball portion what they would add to the big 12 i thought is why they should have been over houston but we definitely haven't seen the end of you know the college expansion and and all this stuff we're just seeing the beginning like back in 2011 2012 with the big east you know this is just the first couple dominoes i I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff left to shake out with these tv deals so we'll see what happens but anyway brandon thank you for joining as always uh that was awesome be sure to follow him on Twitter at UCF Sports. Join the dungeon, the best message board for everything. And Brandon puts out a lot of great info that's not like, you know, public articles and everything. So, yeah, thanks so much, man. And I will see you in about 10 days or so at the SE State game. All right, guys. Thank you for having me. Good night. Start on. All right. So it was awesome to catch up with Brandon. Obviously, the, uh, 
you know, the main guy at the UCFsports.com, Dungeon Message Boards, legendary beat writer. Always great catching up with him, and he's always got some really good insight. And, uh, you know, just overall talking to him about, you know, the quarterback issue and all the different positions. I'm just super hyped for this season, man. I, <laughs> you know, I, I guess that's kind of the point of the season preview, but I think I'm, I might be a little more confident than I was last year. Uh, I don't know. What's your overall feeling? Oh, I for sure am. Dude, it was Gus's first season. There's a ton of crap that could have went went wrong. But then again, we also thought that Dylan was going to be there. And, yeah. Oh, well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but a good note is is that, you know, Brandon talked a little bit about turnovers. And you know how I love to talk about turnovers. I always say that's the number one thing when it comes to winning or decision on who gets to win the game is the turnover margin. So I actually have a pretty cool stat that I looked this up by myself, by the way. This is not a stolen stat. Since the beginning of the 2016 season, UCF has had a positive turnover margin every single year. So 2016, we were plus one, 2017, plus 17, plus 14, plus six, plus 12, plus five. So this is not just a, we had a really good year one year. This is consistent year in, year out, being positive with the turnover margin. And it comes a time where you say it's not just luck, Yep. right? So plus 55 is the combined turnover margin of the last you know six seasons. The only other D1 schools that have a positive turnover margin every single year Alabama, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ohio State. Heard of them. Iowa. Okay. That's it. Those four teams. That's elite company. Us included. It's not just elite company. It's elite. It's not elite teams either. That's that's when you're talking about an elite culture. Yeah. Okay. So an elite culture, an elite program, those are, you know, Iowa, okay, their record, maybe not, but. They're still a tough opponent, right? And they're always usually pretty good. Yeah. And they got the uh you know, the cancer kid hospital right there, which I think that might have something to do with it. So the combined record of those four teams, including us, over that span, two fifty two and fifty eight. Pretty dang good. So like I said, turnovers, yeah, they are a little bit of luck, but another team in the NFL that has a weird stat like this is the Patriots. Like, there was some weird... I don't know the exact... It's because they deflated the balls. They didn't fumble them as much, dude. Warren, well, Sh- Warren yeah. Sharp, like, proved it. It's possible, but another they're, elite they're, um... program, elite... <laughs> dude, no, he elite did... Elite culture. He did a thing with, like, fumbles, and it was, like, the... Um, uh, not the deviated septum. The, uh, the standard deviation for them, there was like a straight line, and then the Patriots were like so far off in like 15 years, and it proved that like definitely they had something to do with the balls. Anyway, all right, keep going. Anyway, <laughs> elite culture, elite programs. <laughs> well, yeah, I just think you know it, it. It turns into it turns into something where it's not just luck anymore. All right, guys. After a long hiatus, I am proud to announce that is the return of our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the Week. 
woof bad season last year but you know it's all that like reversion to the mean yes um the turnover luck a little bit (laughs) (laughs) remember elite program yeah so last year was horrible it was horrible for a lot of people 13 and 13 20 and 1 on the season i think this is my first that was my first losing season ever so in the four season total and this is a lot of picks i've been giving you so this, these are quality picks, but what I'm telling you is it, it takes a lot of guts to pick this many games and still have over 50%. 90, 85, and 2. We're at 51.1%. So Just under a professional. Under elite, for sure. But we're going to bring it back into the wing column this year. No line for South Carolina State. They usually comes out on like an offshore book like Bovada or whatever, like a couple days before the game. If I had to guess, it's going to be 35. High, th- high 30s, low 40s. Take it in the over. Do it if you want for fun. I never do any research on FCS teams or I don't even think we care what we do at the end of the game. So moves above. Them. Not going to give you that, but I will give you i'm gonna say it's a best bet it's a best bet season on the win total for whatever strange reason uh ucf's win total right now is sitting over under eight and a half so they're looking at possibly nine and three eight and four year if you're on our side uh me sean brandon you're going to be looking to bet the over. However, they do have it juiced pretty high since this seems like an obvious pick. It's minus 160 Ooh. at the over eight and a half. Now, if you want to take like a little bit of an insurance policy out on this season, the under eight and a half is paying plus 140. So sometimes, you know, it's honestly, I don't believe in karma. So, you know, throw a hundred on the under. You can kind of hedge your, right. your bets. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I'm probably going to tell you to pull the trigger on UCF at least once or twice this year because I am a lifelong perfect 7-0 and when picking UCF, making it my best bet. That's that's all that matters. All the other picks, I mean. It is. That's insane. So like, if you just bet $100, 100 200 400 800 $1,600. 32. Yeah, you'd have like 10 grand. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you rolled it over. Well, yeah. I thought I mean, you were going to say if you bet $100 every time, you'd have $700. <laughs> yeah. Big, big math guy there. They really? Taught, they taught you that in uh, UCF pre cal or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. All uh, right. I have to put my uh, winning record on the line this year. Stay tuned to see when uh, I'll be picking UCF again. But anyway, my projected betting lines, I said earlier in the show, I'm going to release them on August 29th via Twitter. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, at UCF, also give you know give props a follow if you haven't followed them already. Thanks. Highly man. unlikely, though. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I've got two picks for you. Opening weekend. No, I didn't pick week zero. Because there's really not any good games. So, first pick. Wait, no, Northwestern, getting... Nebraska, not a good game? No. A little noon Don't kickoff? care. All right. Sorry. These are, these are stone cold locks, though. And I'm going to give you the reasons why. First, 
Ohio State minus 14 against Notre Dame. First off, when I saw this line, I thought it was like one of those kickoff classic, you know, neutral field sites. No, no. Isn't it, in, is a, isn't it in Vegas? Or am I getting confused with another Notre Dame? I think I am. I'm pretty sure... I mean, the thing said it was at Ohio State, if I read it wrong. Uh, no, they... No, it's BYU, and it's in October. All right, so I'm not, like, making okay. something up. It's the, Sh- <laughs> the Shamrock series. Duh. 99.9% sure this is at Ohio State. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Notre Dame does not have a chance. Look, final score is going to be, like, 42-3. This is such a joke of a line. For whatever reason, the public is backing Notre Dame, which Notre Dame is a super public team, but Ohio State is too. Yeah, that's Uh, But anyway, Notre Dame lost their leading passer, leading rusher, leading receiver from last year. The only guy recognizable on their team is Michael Mayer, Baby Gronk, who is an incredible athlete. But he's their only weapon, and really a tight end can't win you the game. Look, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, Smith and Jigba. It's like a damn all-star team versus the average Joes. Uh, I don't know, man. Notre Dame. Notre Dame's fired up. Marcus Freeman, though. I don't know. Brian Kelly. I mean, Brian Kelly is a, I don't know. Brian Kelly left. That's for my next pick. He had that fake country (laughs) accent. Yeah, Brian (laughs) Kelly. We'll get to that in the next pick. But anyway, Brian Kelly's gone. Last year now, however, Ohio State did lose their home opener to Oregon, but I think that's kind of like a wake-up call to say, hey, don't we're lose, never going to let that happen Don't lose again. your home opener again, yeah. 14 is nothing when you talk about those three guys. And I didn't talk Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I'm telling you, it, it, it's straight NFL quality oh, against That guy had like Notre five Dame. touchdowns or something in the bowl game, right? Or am that I thinking? Smith. I think that was Smith and Jigba. Oh, either way, yeah, they're they're absolutely stacked. They have everyone coming back. And Notre Dame was overrated last year. They didn't play anyone. Right. Well, Ohio State lost a lot of people, but yeah, two but of their wide receivers went the freaking first round. Yeah, but they have first round talent right behind them, though. That's the yeah. thing. I don't know. I really don't like Ohio State, but against Notre Dame, Jesus. I don't either. But I I don't like Notre Dame more. Take Ohio State, the Buckeyes, minus 14. All right, what do you got next? Next pick, we're going to go with the Florida State Seminoles. Ooh, ba- plus ba- three. Baby Gronk ate on them last year, by the way. I remember that. Doesn't matter. Florida State, plus three against LSU. Now, this is one of those kickoff classic games. It's in... Uh, no. It's in the Superdome. Oh, nice. Norvell, obviously a heavy LSU presence, but Florida State really isn't that far. Norvell, third year, four straight losing seasons for Florida State. I don't think that's ever happened, Ooh. or at least I don't think a fifth has ever happened. So they're due. Heard they got a lockdown linebacker in the name of Tatum Bethune. Oh, yeah. LSU. Complete dumpster fire, cringeworthy Brian Kelly, the fake Southern accent, that weirdo video where the the spinny thing, like spinning around him with a recruit. Like you can't think this guy is cool. I I just I don't understand. Oh man, dude, I feel like LSU (laughs) is gonna whop. (laughs) LSU, they do have 
a really, really good receiver, Kayshawn Bouti or whatever. I don't know how to say his last name. Kayshawn Bouti could give him trouble early, but I see Jordan Travis finally stepping up big, taking control of this game. I've heard I've heard Florida Jordan State. Travis has done really, really well in this offseason, but I think you hear that about like every quarterback yeah. from year one to year two. They're never like, oh, there's no one that this, comes out at all. Man. They're like, oh, this man, this freshman terrible. quarterback. Yeah, he kind of took a step backwards. You know, I don't know what he's going to do. No, yeah. they always make this big leap and then it just doesn't happen most of the time. So anyway, Florida State plus three against LSU. All right, let's recap real quick. So we got Ohio State minus 14 versus Notre Dame and Florida State plus three versus LSU. Let's get, get that, that money. money. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all of your questions. Thank you guys for your submissions. First up, we've got Brian Peterson. How are we feeling about the strength of the new Big 12, considering all the recent realignment news concerning the Big Ten and Pac-12? I mean, I think we definitely could be in a way worse position of not being in the Big 12. <laughs> so <laughs> counting our blessings there. Look, we knew this was going to happen. There, there's going to be like a bunch of realignment anyway. Honestly, could tell you that I think we're in the best position that we possibly could be in. We're not going to randomly jump to the SEC or jump to the Big 10 and this and that. I saw some Dan Patrick said something like, they should be knocking on our door or whatever. I doubt that's going to happen, at least for this round of realignment. Look, we just made an incredible stride, the, something that we never thought could actually happen. Of course, everyone wanted it to, but who in their right mind really thought we were going to accomplish this? I did. Like, seriously. You did? Yeah, I mean... This soon? We were almost... We were in the Big East for a year, kind of. We've always been on oh, the doorstep. <laughs> Yeah, but the Big East football wasn't that great. It's it not Big bad. 12 football. No, I know. It, it's it's big. I, you know, you're right, though. We've talked about it for so long that I don't think I actually realized like, how crazy it is to actually be doing it, and it still doesn't feel real. I don't think it will until I'm looking at flights to Charleston, West Virginia, or wherever. You know what I'm saying? It, it's big, though. You're right. It's Big 12, actually. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Good answer, though. All right, this next one comes from Dolly Drama. Week one betting. Going back and forth with Utes in the swamp. He's talking about Utah plays at Florida. Utah plus one and a half, by the way. Both fan bases are insufferable. My gut says Gators by three, but my heart hopes for a Utah blowout. I will be attending. Do I emotionally hedge? Never emotionally hedge. I, I get what you're saying because I've done this before. It was like the uh, – I think the last time I seriously considered it was the UCF-Duke March Madness game. I was like, you know, I, I really want UCF to win, but if I put a bunch of money on Duke and Duke wins, I'll be upset about UCF losing, but I'll win money. And then if UCF wins, I'll be so happy about the biggest upset ever that I won't care about the money I lost. But I didn't do it. And I'm glad I did because there'd be nothing worse – to you know win a game that you're really emotionally attached to and then you have like this thing like oh well i lost some money. you know what i'm saying don't don't do that just you go all in you know you're you're either really really happy or really really sad it's also a weird like urban meyer 
kind of revenge game or something with Utah and Florida. But uh, yeah, no, go go all in for sure. It would be my my answer to that. All right, next question from Ethan Edward Malzahn's new recruit catchphrase is boom. What would your catchphrase be if you could pick one? Hmm. All right, this is definitely like a put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> right, I first can... thing I thought of just completely random, but slam a jamma. Slam a jamma move. <laughs> um, I mean, mine would be you know LFG with the little boom emoji because that's always been my catchphrase. But I don't know. Got milk for you? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> i don't know i like boom because it's always the same it's just boom and then you have to frantically like look through the mentions and like i know hmm what happened did he like get a new recruit did he just like take a big poo or something like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) he does it but the cool thing he does it on the sidelines after a big play he does it in the locker room to hype up the team it's a universal phrase that also works for the, the recruiting, which is cool. Do you think he uses it in, like, everyday life? Like, I don't know. Maybe if he buys, like, a scratch-off or something and hits 20 bucks, do you think he yells boom in the car? Know, probably. Or, like, you know when you drop your phone and you kind of soften the blow with your foot? Yeah, does he yell boom, boom. then? I don't know. I mean, I, I yell LFG for a lot of stuff, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah, Interesting. We'll, we'll probably have to ask him that. <laughs> All right, uh, you're up. Next right. question. Next question is from longtime listener MD Knight, 2016. Which freshman are you most looking forward to seeing play this year from any sport? Nakai Martinez, I guess, because I do. We have any other good freshmen? You know, there's another freshman that's been pretty vocal on social media. I don't. Haven't really heard a lot about him, but it's Quan Lee. Oh yeah, uh, came highly recruited at a high school. This kid's got has his own like moving company at UCF. He's a hustler. He got he's actually sponsored by Outback. Like, Boom. Kid's a hustler, man. I I want to see this guy like really go out there and maybe on like punt returns or be the like the backup on kick returns or something just for freshman year, just kind of get acclimated and everything. But I I think that. He could really be a, a vital part to the team. I like that pick a lot. Next question is from Jay Cox. What sport will be most competitive in the Big 12 aside from football? I mean, I would love to say basketball. Um, you know, we've been getting some good recruits. Johnny, as much as I have said this in seasons past, uh I think he's kind of on the hot seat this year. It's like, this is your last year tune-up for the Big 12 because if it doesn't get better soon, like we're, we're going to be playing a lot better competition too. So it's put-up-or-shut-up time for Johnny, if you ask me. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other you know wormhole we could go down. So I'm just going to agree with you. But the Big 12 is really good with basketball. So it's tough, you know? I mean – we could have a very mediocre season and that could be considered a win, you know, against these really, really, really good teams in, in the conference. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. This next question is from Carol 1024. Which away game are you looking forward to when we get to the Big 12? I'm going to say 
you know, we've got that one year overlap with Texas, Oklahoma. I'm going to say whichever one of them we get to play on the road. Maybe, yeah, maybe, and I'm just saying this because it's a cool hypothetical. I want Dylan to do really good, but maybe something happens and he gets to play his fifth year. Wouldn't that be the ultimate revenge game in Norman, Oklahoma? UCF travels, revenge on <laughs> Dylan Gabriel. Come on. Uh, but either way, yeah, you know, either of those games are going to be good. So that'd be my answer. What about you? Yeah, for sure. It's either that or Texas, just because of the tradition. And that's what college football is all about. And the revenge factor for both of those. It's, yeah, uh, for it's, sure. It's huge. All right. All right. Let's just crank through the restroom fast. All right. All right. UCF Zach. Hell yeah, dudes. What UCF player are you most excited to see ball out this year? Got to be my MVP pick, Johnny Richardson. Ryan O'Keefe. All right. Next one. Corey Esquenazi, PhD. At Corey Esquenazi underscore PhD. Yo, do you think he has a doctorate? or Do you remember this photo? Uh, Yes, absolutely. I don't think I'm in it. I think I was kicked out of the fraternity at this point. I don't know. I see you. Or you were sleeping. I was definitely there. I see you. I think he asked he asked a real question under that. Uh, non-sports question. Favorite memory from college? Uh, it's got to just be the games, I guess. First tailgate, just being so oblivious to everything that was going on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Corey, my favorite memory from college... I mean, probably just, you know, moving into the old uh, SAE house, you know, when Data Kai took it over, that was a really fun time. We had a lot of really good memories in that house, and uh, I can't believe it's been like 13 or whatever years. It feels like it was yesterday, but thanks thanks for reminiscing with me. That was fun. Um, all right. Rapid fire. Another one. Miles Giller. Why such the long break? We missed both of you. Go. Because we were super busy, and there really wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Follow Remember, up. No filler. Oh, yeah, no filler. But really, if you could choose any other team to play in a bowl, what team is it and where are we playing? I mean, we already played Florida in one, so I feel like Florida State's the other one. I honestly don't think we've ever played Florida State. Little FSU Outback Bowl? I can remember. We Um, might have played, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever ACC Bowl is affiliated. The Boston, the Fenway Bowl or whatever? Yeah, one of those. That'd be fun. That would probably be the the one I'd want to go to. All right, next up, Night for Life. Good to have you back. Where do you see college football in five to ten years or sooner in regards to conference realignment? It's probably all going to switch up again, but <laughs> the same schools are still going to be good because money's the king. Alabama will be good forever. It, they just will. Until and, and Saban, Saban retires. Will continue to coach forever till he's dead. He's like the Joe Pa of Penn State. Careful. Um, well, you know, <laughs> the on the field. Um, so my my theory is we're going to end up with two super conferences, about 32 teams each. They're going to have three divisions, and they're going to be very similar to the original BCS, the six BCS conferences, like divisions within that. So to be like, like the NFL has, you know, AFC, NFC with their divisions. These will just be bigger. But I think that way you can keep like kind of the old conference rivalries. They're kind of geologically or ge- geographically. <laughs> yes, they're they're tied together with rocks. They're geographically tied together along with the conferences. But I think it's two super conferences. You know, the Big Ten versus the SEC, Fox versus ESPN. I think that's where it's kind of inevitable. And then like one giant governing body that has nothing to do with the NCAA. 
All right. Uh, all right, last one here. Chris Tommaso, CEO of First Watch. We running it back. Hey, yo. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody a- ready for another season of the First Watch. First score. I'm ready to chug a uh, kale tonic juice with the little vitamin extract addition or what addition or whatever. Very good stuff. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely excited to have you again as the um, what's headline it called? sponsor. As the headline sponsor of One Night Stand. All right, is that all we got? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, no. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. We're sorry about the uh the hiatus. You know, life happens, and like Moose said, we want to put out quality content so be sure to tell a friend subscribe rate and review but real quick let's catch up on non-ucf stuff that happened since we left obviously moo the child went from what like three months to nine months right how's that you sleeping at all just turned nine months yes i'm sleeping everything's fine um (laughs) wait when you say everything's fine unsolicited it reminds me of that gif with like the dog in the fire no, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a, a challenge, but, you know, it's easier than I thought it was going to be. That's good. Let's just put it that way. So you're going to so have we'll, another we'll one? See a little two fall season two for Moo? coming around, and it's usually when, you know, it gets very hectic in the household, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm sure, you know, she's fine. I can see her just, like, sitting on my lap watching TV for a little bit. But uh, I probably can't go as crazy as I normally do at the TV. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, though. You know, yeah, a little of that, a little bit of summer, spring golf. We got it in on some action. You and I, I think we played Heritage Bay once. Played a couple times. Played some, played some really nice courses. Yeah, Bonita, Bonita Bay. What was the one? The last one we played, Raptor Bay. Raptor which is now Bay. closed. Close it out. Move. Breaking a hundred or getting well, 100. technically getting a hundred. So well, technically, I don't want to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> handicap rules. So moves on the last tee, and he, what you need an eight. You had a ninety-two, and you needed, I needed an eight. a seven. <laughs> I needed a seven to break a hundred to get a ninety-nine. It's a tee shot right in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. that's happens. that's golf, man. That's golf. That was definitely fun. What else happened? Parker Boudreaux. Did you see him? So he got dropped by um, WWE after they had him change, like shave his head, change his character. It was really weird. Now AEW signed him, and he's just like Parker Boudreaux, like Destroyer of Gods, and he just beat like three people at once. And it's actually very entertaining. I kind of, uh, you know, me and you used to watch, you know, like Attitude Era wrestling growing up in like the nineties, and uh, yeah, Parker Ju- Boudreaux, he's got he's got a little bit of feel of that. Like he doesn't say much; he just like wrecks people, and uh, it, it's cool to see him shining. And you know, obviously, something way different than than we normally see. But he took a big chance quitting football, and uh, it's cool to see. Uh, I hope he you know gives us a little shout out every once in a while. What else has happened in the last seven months? Oh, I bought oh alcohol I- in the stadium. Oh, hey yo, what do you think? Um, kind of devalues the cabana, but. You know, we're going to the Big 12 anyway. Prices were going to go up. So I think it was a good timing with that. People in the cabana can't be mad because the prices were going to go way up anyway. And uh, yeah, now I won't have to sneak in there to get beer. Oh, actually, I yeah, bought, I, I'm in I'm in the stadium club anyway, but whatever. I kind of feel the same way. 
little different approach is that maybe some people won't go as hard at tailgate because they know they can buy beer at the stadium. I don't know. Just not for everyone. Some most, most everyone I know will still go hard. Are you like talking in the mirror? (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I know that I'm not going to buy any alcohol in the stadium. So I do tend to drink or like bring two on the walk there. Yeah. So how does that change your strategy now though? It's kind of dangerous. It may or may not. I don't know. Look, when I don't think the beers are that outrageously priced compared to like USF Stadium. Um, But I mean, come on. It's like, how many beers are you going to drink? And then are there really going to be hawkers, you know, up and down the aisle with beer? I don't leave my seat. I've said this before. Once I'm in my seat, I don't leave until halftime. And then when I come back, I don't leave until the end of the game. Like, I'm not this, like, in-between kind of guy who'll pee in the middle of the first quarter or any of that. Like, I don't move at all. You're, like, all over the place. (laughs) I got to see You're, like, 15 different sections. Well, half the reason is because I I need to get a beer. And to do that, you have to get into the, you know, the cabana or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've got, you know, I finally splurged. And I've got a 50-yard line, second row stadium club so i I have a feeling that i'm not going to be moving around as much or trying to get beer because i've got a really awesome seat but uh yeah i feel like fans are accustomed to seeing you in your corner though yeah i know i still have those tickets so it's still an option i don't know maybe i'll just try stadium clubs first game and then if it doesn't work oh it's you know regression to the meme right uh yeah so that, uh, yeah, I've got now seven season tickets that I'll probably forget to sell a bunch of them. I'm building a house, which should be done hopefully by next football season. That's exciting. Very exciting. Congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. You know, this is the last of us. Better late than never, but uh, this one's going to be, you know, no offense, kind of the nicest house that any of you guys have ever seen. So very excited to do some um, some football Saturdays and Sundays. Uh you know, it might be hard to leave the house next season. Uh-oh. Here I don't we know, go. man. Settling down. I'm going to make this house so nice, I'm not going to want to leave. So, we'll see. You know, I've got I've got some really cool stuff planned. You know, a little, little trap door, summer kitchen, custom pool, spa. Trap door. <laughs> that sounds scary. Well, you know, it's going to be like a, it looks like a bookcase, but it's actually a man cave. Oh. I think that's like a secret door. Trapdoor means you like stand on it and like, fall into a dungeon or something. Yes. Yeah, you stand in the wrong place and you end up in the message board that Brandon runs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, hit me up if you're going to the first game. I don't have tailgate planes, but I have an E6 pass. And thank you guys for listening. Like I said before, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend, seriously, we don't like make money off of this or anything. We just do it for fun. But the more people that listen, the more, you know, fun it is for all of us. And uh we you know, we definitely love you guys and appreciate all you guys listening and giving us all your feedback and questions and stuff every week. It does not go unnoticed. Moose say something nice. Oh, yeah. We just appreciate you all listen <laughs> we appreciate you all listening and any feedback on Twitter. Love all the messages you guys send, even if it's a hey we love the show. Also, if you haven't given us a review, please do so. It really helps us out in um, 
the iTunes searches. It helps other yeah. fans find us, and then everybody can find us. Yeah, everybody <laughs> can find us. Well, what it what it really does is it gets us cool sponsors and allows us to it looks give good. away all of these cool gift cards and stuff. So you end up helping us, help us, help you, and uh, you win some cool prizes. Yeah, what he said. Seriously, thank you guys for listening. All right. 2022 season preview, season five. Let's freaking go. I am so hyped. We'll talk to you guys after the SC State game right before Louisville. Go Knights. Charge on. Nation. Nation.